Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today I have a guest on the show and I am talking to Katie Bramlett. Katie and her husband started We Shape, a movement-based fitness product with the intention of advocating for people to stop focusing on the number on the scales and instead putting their energy and efforts towards something more meaningful. Now, really interestingly, Katie had worked previously in the more traditional fitness space and she'd actually built with her husband a very successful business promoting six-pack abs and weight loss. But Katie took the very brave decision to step away from all of this. Something didn't feel right and she felt pulled towards something much more authentic, encouraging and meaningful. With movement and the broader picture of well-being and self-worth to her community. So WeShape's entire product is rooted in intention, movement, community and beliefs. And Katie has a passion for bringing awareness to the toxic expectations placed on people in the fitness industry and believes that if we all unsubscribe to these messages, we can pave a new path that's rooted in self-acceptance, care and kindness. Sounds fantastic. So WeShape combines technology, kinesiology and psychology to reshape how and more importantly, why we exercise. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Katie today to hear more about her story and what led her to make the brave decision to move away from her thriving business towards something more meaningful. We're going to talk about how to defeat and break down toxic weight loss culture, particularly looking at the fitness industry. Katie is also going to talk about how to stop living in a constant state of vanity and body preoccupation, something again that can really happen in fitness. And she is going to explore the steps we can take to move towards true connection with the self and finding happiness and self-love. Really excited about this conversation today. Let's get to it. Hi, Katie, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful to be here. Great. So, Katie, can I get you firstly, please, to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, my name is Katie Bramlett. I'm a co-founder of WeShape. We are trying to change the approach to fitness. I don't know if you want me to give a little context and a little history about the world I used to come from and maybe share a little bit about that journey. Yeah, no, Katie, I would love you to share, actually, because you've got quite a sort of interesting story, haven't you? And I think it would be really great for the listeners just to have that context. So, yeah, please do go ahead. Yeah. So my partner and I have been in the fitness industry for probably almost 20 years now. About 10 and a half, 11 years ago, my partner started a fitness company online. A couple years into that company, I joined him. Our primary focus was selling digital fitness products that, you know, targeted people who were looking to lose weight, targeted people who were, you know, wanting to get a six pack or tone their body. And, you know, I use this analogy in the story of like my Instagram life looked really great, right? Like I had two small children. My husband and I were running this successful fitness company. We had made the Inc. 500 three times. We had really successful growth. 
But to be honest with you, like there was still a, a pretty significant level of deep unfulfillment that was happening inside of me. And I couldn't quite understand it. And I knew it had something to do with the work that I was doing. I just didn't quite feel settled into that work. And around the same time, I started doing a lot of self-growth and work on myself and started realizing, oh, like there is this like sort of toxic cultural value around how we look and our how our bodies are. And I was had to wake up and essentially acknowledge that I was participating in that narrative by selling these types of products. So that was a little hard because there was a lot of shame and there was a lot of oh regret, like, oh no, like it was like I was like asleep at the wheel. Like, oh, of course I'm getting people healthier. I'm I'm selling them fitness products. But the truth was is I was actually participating in a cultural narrative that was really centered around some toxic messaging, right? So once I kind of woke up to that, my partner and I decided to kind of take a 180. We actually shut that company down and we developed a new product that was rooted in getting people to do at-home workouts that focused on how they felt and forming a community around those people that basically presented a new way of looking at fitness and really created a support network so that we could come together and say, oh, it's really hard to go a different way when we live in a society and a culture that really values this other thing. We're going to go this direction instead because we know that it has much greater value for us physically and emotionally and psychologically. And so we also kind of have this community element of people who come together to support that journey. Yeah, and it sounds fantastic. So Katie, when you were sort of having that sort of unease and feeling that there was something that wasn't quite right in your business, was that quite a sort of slow brewing feeling? Or was it like you kind of woke up one day and you suddenly thought, oh my God, this is all wrong? It was slow brewing. I mean, before I had really woken up to the toxic fitness industry, in a sense, I was We already knew we wanted to build a different product that was a higher quality product that was rooted in getting people to move better in their body. And that felt really good, but I still knew there was something missing. So for two years, we built this technology-driven product that allowed people to have like really customized experience that focused on movement and not exercise, which there's a pretty significant distinction between those two things. But there was this other like mission-driven piece that was still not kind of coming to the surface yet. But about a year ago, it started coming to the surface. And then I went, oh, wow, like, there's so much more that we need to offer. In addition to just this movement based product, we needed to address some of these major issues and cultural values that we were all participating in. So then we start. that's when we started kind of developing the community element. That's when we had started a podcast. That's when we started interviewing, you know, people like yourself, intuitive eating psychologists, so that we could better understand why some of the messages we were subscribing to in the past were no longer serving the best interest of us emotionally or psychologically. Mm, That makes sense. And can I ask as well, was your husband very much on board with this from the get-go or did you have to kind of like, you know, educate him, I guess, a bit about all of this? You know, he is like a movement expert. So he was always on board with developing a product that was rooted in movement and not exercise, right? I think of exercise Mm -hmm. as like burn as many calories or sweat or push yourself or, you know, no pain, no gain. And he was really on board with the idea that something that's really sustainable for the long haul needs to be focused in more movement 
a more movement-based approach that has a lot of like exercise science and biomechanics at the core. And so he was very much on board for that. I think that there was a, I'll just share that there was a lot of discussion as Mm. some of this toxic weight loss culture stuff came to the surface for me. And I really had to, we had a lot of back and forth, but we do have two young daughters And I can give you a pretty concrete example that really opened his eyes. My older daughter has struggled a lot with different infections. She had Lyme disease and a Bartonella infection. And we have always had to like take her health into more deeper consideration. And so for a long time, we weren't allowing her to have gluten. And it got to a point where I noticed she was sneaking the food. And then I thought, oh, no, like here I am thinking that I'm offering her wellness but I'm really putting her on a path to having maybe, you know, not a healthy relationship with food. So I sat down with her and I said, can you help me understand your experience with having to be gluten-free? And she kind of shared her experience. And I basically had to make a decision at that point that I rather her potentially have additional whatever side effects from the gluten physically then go down a path of potentially harming her emotionally or psychologically, right? I was like, oh, Mm. there's this common thing that happens in the wellness space. And this is the path I was on, which was, you know, be neurotic about your food and, you know, make sure you're getting enough exercise. And, but this is all for my wellness, right? Mm. And there's a lot of underlying problems with that. And it was basically praised what I was doing, right? And I had to step back and go, we need to better understand the implications of this, what we're offering her and how we're communicating these things. So yeah, it's been a journey. But when my husband saw her go through that and just sort of this experience of like, we're potentially going down a path here we don't want to in the name of wellness, I think that's when some of his values and and ideas started to shift because he was on the same page, right? He was like, oh, well, this is the healthy thing to do. And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Mm. That was yeah. kind of like his bigger wake up call, honestly. Mm, sure. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? I think when it comes to your children or anyone that you really love and you're facing these issues head on, like it sounds like with your daughter, you were really looking at wellness then, I guess, in a different way, weren't you? And really evaluating the psychological and emotional impact on her relationship with food and really holding that kind of bigger picture of her mental health. Yeah, we were just focusing on the physical and to think that we're just physical beings is naive. Like we have emotional and psychological and spiritual needs. And if we only focus on one thing, we can get off course, in my opinion. And so it's really, in my opinion, about like thinking about the human being as the whole. And that's what I'm really trying to do with We Shape. Like if I were to deliver a fitness product to somebody, what would those pillars be? What would they be rooted in? And essentially what we've come to the conclusion around that is they need to be rooted not only in the best interest of people physically, right? So again, that's focusing on that movement versus exercise, but we also deeply have to consider the human being's psychological and emotional and social needs as well. And so it's, we always, you know, I think, as humans, we have this tendency to compartmentalize these parts of ourselves, but they're all integrated and one does impact the other. So we can't just look at one side of it. We have to zoom out and understand the entire holistic implication of some of the beliefs and behaviors that we have. Mm. So when somebody sort of approaches We Shape, what does 
their journey look like in terms of how they might engage with a program or, you know, is there a sort of set path or are there lots of different ways that you can get support? Yeah. So when people come to us, you know, some people we're essentially offering an at-home workout that's extremely customizable in real time. So you can, people can interact with the product and scale movements up or scale movements down based on their own individual needs. So we have like thousands of video files that people have access to. Behind the scenes, it's pretty complicated. The user experience is pretty simple. It's push play and then scale up or down as needed. But, you know, people come to us for a variety of different reasons. Sometimes people come to us and think that they're going to go on a weight loss journey. And I often have a little joke that I'm like, surprise, it's actually not what you signed up for. (laughs) (laughs) So our product doesn't focus on goal setting around any type of weight loss. We focus more on how people are feeling. So we do like a monthly feel good score, a survey that people take that focuses on, you know, is there pain in your body? Are you sleeping well? How's your self-confidence? What's your energy levels, right? So we're kind of taking weight loss off of the table. In fact, we actually encourage people to recycle their scales. We don't really feel like it's a good form of measurement to really determine if someone is doing well in their life. I think especially as people who identify as female, they've taken that number and created their own personal worth and value system around that number. And I just don't think that serves us. So we don't focus on scales. We don't focus on weight loss. We focus on how people are feeling. We do not give prescriptive, like you need to do a workout every day. We're like, you know, do a couple a week, do what feels good for you. You know, this is about checking in with how you feel and making decisions from that space with, you know, trying to be aware of like the self-judgment and all the things that come with that. We also offer a community piece because I knew the community would be so important if we were going to be tackling some of these issues. So we offer daily community calls where people can, you know, pop on Zoom, connect with community. We have like a Q&A where if people have like movement related questions, they can check in with our head coach. And then we just have share calls where we connect with one another. We talk about our experiences. We lean on each other for support. You know, like I recently had a woman on, she was like, oh, I'm just feeling a lot of guilt because I haven't done a workout in two weeks. And I said, oh, really, you know, share with me more about that. And I said, these are the exact things that I want to address because we've been trained to feel guilty if we don't work out. And the reality is, is that as a human being, sometimes things come up and we might not work out for a couple of weeks. So how do we shift the perception to say, oh, you know, life got in the way and we're actually going to offer ourselves grace and compassion and kindness. And we're not going to go down the road of criticism, self-judgment, I should, we need to understand the implications of that narrative, right? So that's why we don't really offer prescriptive, like you should be working out this much. We're like, check in with yourself and see how you feel. And then if people are struggling with sort of some of the emotional side effects of those things, we like to have discussions around them. So we're also adding a weekly podcast discussion group. So we release one podcast a week. We usually talk about, you know, some of the things I'm sure that you talk about on your show, and then we're hoping to connect with the community about some of those topics so that we can just, you know, kind of for lack of a better way of saying it, like expose the fitness industry and some of the messages they are sending and then really evaluate if those messages serve us. Most of the time they don't. And really just have deeper discussions around how we could change our perception or shift this narrative to better serve us emotionally. Mm. And have you found that people have been very receptive and making good use of the community aspect of the support? Yes. Well, I'll tell you when 
we were at the end of building this product and releasing it. Like I said, it took two years to build. That's when I was like, whoa, I'm really happy that this product is ready to go and it's rooted in movement. But we also need to have this mission of kind of, you know, deeper understanding of the toxic weight loss culture. And I will never forget that I was presenting this idea to a business colleague in a different company. And he was like, I'm so sorry, you're not going to be able to sell that. People don't want, they just want to lose weight. That's all they care about. And I was like, oh, well, you watch me sell this because just because you say that doesn't mean it's not possible. And in fact, my experience is that when we give people permission to not focus on that anymore, and we give people permission to evaluate different belief systems that better serve their emotional and psychological needs, I actually see like this energetic weight come off of people's shoulders. They're like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, thank you so much. And part of that is this community piece because we're all coming together to have these discussions. We're saying, you know, this was how I grew up as a child. These were the messages I received through magazines and media. And this is what it's done to me. And then we can go, yeah, wow, that's really hard. Like, how do we support you in that? How do we come together to say, hey, over here, we're shifting some of these belief systems, right? Because To think that everyone should be a certain weight or that everyone should be going to a certain one body type when there's 8 billion people in the world. I mean, when you really do that, when you really look at it that way, it's like, I can't believe any of us have ever bought into it to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so true. So would you say as well, one of your first pieces of perhaps working with people in the community when they come in is starting to really give them that permission piece to like break down some of these beliefs, give them permission to start to think about things differently, just kind of open their eyes, I guess, to a different narrative. Absolutely. I mean, I like to use the example of like, usually when people go to join a fitness product or a fitness community, there is something about their body that they want to change. And consciously or subconsciously, they're using that community or that product to make that change. And at WeShape, we are telling people on day one, you are worthy. You are valuable as you are, and there's nothing about you that needs to change in order to feel more worth. So I think right away, what we're doing is just holding space for people. So people can come in and they can say, I really appreciate that you guys don't focus on weight loss, but my mind tells me that I need to be thinking about that. And most of the time, I just hold space for those people and say, oh, that must feel really hard. Like, tell me more about your experience. Because what I really want to offer is a safe, judgment-free space where people can process some of the beliefs, some of the narratives that they've subscribed to, and then just offer resources for a different perspective, different narrative, different way to approach it. Yeah, it sounds so helpful, doesn't it? And I think there's such incredible value in terms of just providing that safe container where you're really holding space because of when we've like been indoctrinated with these beliefs really from birth and all the generational stuff, it takes time, doesn't it? You can't kind of like come on an hour call and then change your whole perception and, you know, almost deconstruct the whole scaffolding of your life. It takes time, doesn't it? I actually think this is a lifelong journey, to be honest with you. Mm. And, you know, when we first launched this and we were moving down this path, I was really worried because I was breaking down my own beliefs, right? Again, I was really on a path of like, you know, wellness is the answer, but really there was some toxic behaviors I was participating in, but I was calling it wellness. And so, you know, I just really wanted, you know, I told myself if I wait 
to figure this all out on my own, I'll never actually be able to serve a community. So I rather just say I'm figuring it out too. And we're coming together to give people a space to just take their time with it, to just, you know, accept where they are, accept the process and have support along the way. That is really what I'm trying to do with the community. It's okay if you haven't overcome some of these beliefs. I haven't either. But we want to have a safe container where everyone can come in, regardless of where they are, and experience the support of a community who is at least trying to create new values. If you're looking for support for yourself or for a loved one who's struggling with an eating disorder, I recommend you take a look at Oldham Health. Oldham Health was founded by Dr. Courtney Raspin in 2005, and since then it's grown into a clinic of more than 20 registered psychologists, psychiatrists, and dietitians. The team works with private clients experiencing anxiety, depression, the effects of trauma, and other mental health conditions, but they specialize in eating disorders and body image issues. For a successful recovery, it's so important to find a therapist you can trust, and at Oldham Health, you can choose from a range of highly experienced, compassionate, and caring therapists. It provides tailored treatment plans to suit your unique needs and personable, convenient and flexible treatment options. Meet your therapist face-to-face at their cosy and welcoming clinic in central London or online via Zoom. Visit ultimhealth.co.uk, so ultim is spelled A-L-T-U-M health.co.uk to find out more and check out the fantastic resources available, including hundreds of helpful articles packed with advice look out for the free Improve Your Body Image Worksheet. I think there's a lot of power as well, Katie, actually, perhaps with you feeling that you are sometimes only one step ahead because you're almost fresh from the trenches, aren't you? And you're going to have that real empathy and connection with your community because of you've just really walked that path, haven't you? And you're figuring it out yourself. So you know, but I think people found that really, really helpful as well. I think it's almost even more valuable that you're on that journey. Yeah. I mean, I can see what you're saying. And sometimes it's hard for me because I'm like, oh, I, you know, I don't have all the answers either, everyone. But <laughs> I think that, I think that you're right. You know, like I'm bringing people on the podcast, for instance, where I'm like, I want to learn. I want to better understand. I, I'm right alongside everyone in our community. And I think you're right. It just takes time. We are indoctrinated into constructs and belief systems. And we're not, you know, from a young age. And when we're indoctrinated in those things, we're not asking ourselves, is this belief system the best thing for me emotionally Mm -hmm. and psychologically and physically and socially for the greater good? Like, we're just doing what that's how human beings develop. We're just doing what we were taught. And so now as adults, you know, we can come in and say, wait a minute, let's pause Let's evaluate some of the things that I was participating in and let's get honest. Was it serving me? Was it actually helping me? You know, and I think most of the time when it comes to a fitness program or it comes to, you know, the messages or things we've been indoctrinated into around our body, most of the time my discovery so far has been some of those messages, most of those messages have not served us and have not had our higher good in mind. Mm -hmm. So obviously as well in our culture today with all the social media and everything else, it's very seductive, isn't it, to base so much of our worth on how we look and how thin we are and how lean we are and all these kind of photos and et cetera, et cetera. So how do you think as well that we do move away from evaluating ourselves so strongly in terms of, you know, our looks, our appearance, our weight? How do we start to make that shift 
And, you know, I'm sure some of it is what we've just been talking about, you know, starting to look at things in a different way. But, you know, I'm just very conscious. I'm thinking of a group I'm running at the moment in the National Health Service. And there's a lot of young people in that group. They have almost, they sort of take it as a given, really, that their appearance, their weight, their looks is their worth. And being even just begin to question that just feels almost insurmountable for some of them. So I guess I'm wondering, like, you know, what are your thoughts on some of that? I mean, I think it's baby steps. And I think that ultimately, when we go down a path of defining our worth through how our body looks, we are going down a path that I like to call is fake fulfillment, right? It's kind of going back to that narrative that like, I had the successful business, I had, you know, things that people felt would be like what they would want in their life. And I did not have authentic power. I did not have deep fulfillment. So I think just having the understanding, and sometimes we all have to go through those experiences to get to that, whatever we think will make us happy and then go, wait, I'm not as happy as I thought I was going to be. And so, you know, I think it's just the understanding that going down that path might not bring you exactly what you're hoping for. And then I think it's just baby steps, just asking questions, getting curious, being open, right? Like I always laugh that I got one time I got this book called Food is Not Medicine (laughs) because I was so obsessed with wellness that, you know, Three years ago, if someone said, you should read this book, Food is Not Medicine, I would have been enraged. I would have been triggered. And now I'm opening up the door and cracking the door to just possibility of a new way. And I think that when you decide that you're available to just crack the door and have a bit of an open mind for what other narratives and perspectives might be out there, I think just that intention alone will sort of have an organic effect on how things start to unfold. It wasn't overnight for me. It's still unfolding, but it was that idea of like, I'm just going to crack the door and see what else is out there that allowed me to not feel completely overwhelmed with having to change my beliefs overnight. It was just one step at a time. And I try to just continue down that path. So if I do get overwhelmed, I remind myself, okay, you know, if judgment comes in like, oh, you should have known this, or how could you have not seen it that way. I'm like, okay, well, don't judge the judgment, (laughs) accept your journey, accept your path and just be open. And I think that that alone can have really powerful impact. Mm, Yeah. And I love that actually. Yeah. The baby steps, it's the same with everything, isn't it? The baby steps are always the important ones, aren't they? The baby steps, the underwhelming, the sustainable steps. And as you say, like being open and being curious, to the world really and you know not being really harsh on yourself and beating yourself up where you are I think that's the very first step is like I accept where I am on my journey today and I'm open to new perspectives and new experiences that may better serve me I literally think that is the first step and I think that it will naturally organically unfold from there sure and it sounds to me Katie as well as though you are incredibly passionate about all of this as well perhaps having reached almost I mean I'm making assumptions here but that's almost like a kind of pinnacle of the fake fulfillment I would imagine you were kind of like really down that rabbit hole where you were sort of in the fitness in the business and it like you're saying it kind of all looked really good but you kind of were on that pinnacle of what should be making you feel great but there was just really something missing there was really some like something in my intuition told me something wasn't right It took me years to finally come to the understanding of what wasn't 
creating alignment for me. But again, I just said, I'm going to keep trusting this process. I'm going to keep being curious. I'm going to keep cracking the door to other possibilities. And through that, I was able to really go down a path that brings so much more fulfillment. So, I mean, just to give you an example, my partner and I have primarily self-funded this new business. We are in the middle of raising capital. It's been extremely difficult. There are many people in the business world who would say, I cannot believe you've taken the financial risk that you have. And the funny thing is like, I'm in the middle of this and I've never felt more fulfilled. And in the past, I was had plenty of success to not even worry about those things. And I was deeply unfulfilled. So it just, it's physical proof to me that having success, meeting the criteria that society wants you to have in terms of your body or your money or your da 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 da, it actually didn't do anything for me. And so here I am in the middle of this kind of stressful, chaotic capital raise. I'm having financial advisors say, Are you sure you? This is pretty financially risky. And I'm like, I've never been more fulfilled. Yes, I do. <laughs> So yeah, it's been a really interesting experience. And I'm just, like I said, the openness is what allows me to keep going. Yeah. Well, it's so inspiring to hear that because I guess you really have, you know, taken that brave and courageous step of really stepping into your own power, being aligned with your values. And, you know, although you experienced that kind of fake fulfillment before, where I'm sure you were like praised and validated and glorified by the world, it felt kind of really icky. Whereas even though this is scary, it just feels really right. And, you know, it feels very grounded, I guess, doesn't it? In something that has like a bigger mission. And yeah, it sounds really exciting. I think, yeah, I'm really excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. So I mean, I like to even say like, you know, I feel like the human experience is a crazy experience. And I feel like I've really shifted my perception in the last few years around asking myself, am I coming home to me or am I coming home to someone else's expectation of me? And I think that if we can ask ourselves that question, I can look back on my life and I can be like, oh, I was coming home to someone else's ideal. That was not my ideal at the core. And It was reinforced by the society I was raised in, by the people I was surrounding myself with. And so I kept going down that path because I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. But when I really got quiet and I really said, I want to come home to me, my value shifted and I wanted something very different. So those are hard things to face, but I have never felt like it's been more worth it, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, completely makes sense. And I think those are two great questions. Like, am I coming home to me? Or am I coming home to someone else's expectation of me? So I think everyone listening, <laughs> take a quiet moment and just really reflect on those questions. Because I think just so important, isn't it, you know, to give ourselves that space and just to kind of reflect and to think about these things, because often we don't, we're so bombarded by all the noise of the external, aren't we? We are, because I think external validation feels good, but it's a temporary feeling. And something that I feel is more long-term, more sustainable in terms of fulfillment. And, you know, it really does come back to, am I coming home to me? That in my experience has been what has brought true authentic power for myself is not going home to somebody else. It's coming home to me. And that's why at WeShape, I'm like, okay, many 
many people. So we usually have people take a quiz so that we can better understand what their physical capabilities are so we can start them in the right spot. And on that quiz, I had to sort of, you know, go back and forth with our growth team, marketing team, because they were like, we need to have an option of like people coming in here because they want to lose weight. If they don't have weight loss on the, you know, first question of the quiz, they're going to leave. And I was like, oh, I don't even like that word. And then I finally realized, actually, it's okay if I put that on there. Like people can come in and say they want to lose weight, but then once they get here, I'm not going to be able to offer them that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And so I often joke that like people will join We Shape as a means of fulfilling subconsciously some sort of external validation that they're looking for. But my hope is once they've been in We Shape for a little while, they've really honestly just been given permission to come home to themselves. And that is what we have discovered. I have many women and men in the program who have said, oh my gosh, like for 70 years, I really look towards other people's opinion of me in order to find any worth and value. And now I can be in myself and feel complete worth and value after coming here. So that's what I'm really trying to offer people. Yes, we offer an amazing workout. That's great. I do believe people's body should move. You feel good when you move your body. But from the intention and from the space of something that is bringing you home to you, not from the intention of the space that is trying to get you to meet a standard that someone has set for you. So Katie, can you say a bit more about what are some of the ways that we do come back to ourselves and begin to find that alignment and self-love? And I realize that's a huge question, (laughs) but but yeah, if you could just share a few of your thoughts. (laughs) Well, I think on the day-to-day is acceptance, self-acceptance. Like, I think that I've always personally had this tendency for like, what's next? Like, even as I've gone down a self-growth journey, it's like, okay, well, what's the next stage of my growth? It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) There is so much value to be had in this moment. And what am I doing in this moment? Am I judging the judgment that's coming up? Am I being overly critical? Am I? And it's like just having this sort of sense of on the day-to-day, this intention of like, I'm going to just try to offer myself acceptance, acceptance for the mistakes that I'm making, acceptance for where I am in the journey, acceptance for the process, acceptance for the feelings that come up when I offer myself that. Just acceptance to me is kind of the first step. And then really from there, evaluating intentions. I always talk about how valuable this particular book for me was. It's called Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. And he talks so much about intentions. And so, you know, once we're kind of like in a space of working on acceptance and then moving into shifting intentions, I think that's where the magic really happens. Like, I think we underestimate what a conscious intention can offer us. I think we have so many subconscious intentions that we're not aware of. But when we get still, when we get quiet, when we offer ourselves acceptance, we can then begin to say, okay, what do I really intend, right? What is my underlying intention here? And once you do that, again, I think things start to kind of naturally unfold once you get grounded in that intention. Mm. Yeah, no, sounds really, really helpful. And I think I'm so with you there, really. The acceptance has to come first, doesn't it? And it sounds so simple, But it's hard, isn't it? We're not good, I think, as human beings in the cultural kind of backdrop that we live in, in being very accepting of ourselves. It's quite an alien concept sometimes. 
Absolutely. And again, acceptance is likely, in my opinion, a lifelong journey. It's not like, okay, step one, acceptance. Okay, I've mastered that. Now step two, intention. It's like, no, 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 no. These are practices that we bring into our day-to-day life that will likely be with us on this journey for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And like th- simple things like thinking of like speaking more to the intention piece, like, okay, I really intend to connect with my body and feel good about myself and have better self-confidence and have better self-esteem. Okay, great. If that's my intention, then joining a weight loss product is probably not going to fulfill that intention. So once we get real clear with those intentions, then we get to evaluate if the behaviors that we're taking are actually aligned with that intention. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the time we discover, oh my gosh, I've been doing all these things, but my intention is really this. And those behaviors are not aligned with that intention. And then maybe I need to evaluate some of those decisions that I'm making. Yeah. And I guess it shows, doesn't it? We really need to be like doing some slowing down, tuning in to be even be able to kind of recognize what are our intentions. And because sometimes we're just rushing so fast, aren't we, that we can't really see the wood for the trees. We cannot. And we're in a society now in the information age, right? We have every piece of information <laughs> at our fingertips and we're on the internet and on our phones all day. And it's like, that sometimes is a recipe for like, letting other beliefs and other people lead you where they think you should go. And what I'm trying to say is what happens when you pause and you look inside and you say, well, what do I value? What do I believe? And what is my intention and what's going to best serve me? I think we find a lot that some of the common things that we see in our culture do not have alignment possibly with some of those things that we hope to have and desire for ourselves deep down. Yeah, so very true. So Katie, if people want to find out more about We Shape or join your community or one of your movement programs, you know, how do they get in touch with you? Yes. So we're on every social, major social platform. You can find us. We have two social handles. So we're at We Shape and that's a lot of our movement-based videos and content. And then we have We Shape Podcast, which is a lot of the content around you know, toxic weight loss culture and different guests and experts that we have on the podcast. And then you can also find us at weshape.com backslash food freedom. So for your listeners, we've set up that special link to give them a two week trial to check We Shape out. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, they're brilliant. Well, I just have to make sure I've got all those links from you because I'm sure there will be people listening that will be really interested in finding out more and possibly signing up. Absolutely. We'd love to connect with your community. I lead one of the calls every week, so I'd love to personally connect within the community. So yeah, I'll I'll pass over all of those social handles and that link so that maybe you could put it in your show notes. Hey, fantastic. Okay, Katie. Well, I'd just like to really thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and for, you know, just talking about this really incredible, inspiring work that you're doing. I think you've got an amazing story, you know, just really, really inspirational. And, you know, I just wish you and your husband and your team all the best with like, you know, completely getting off the ground and global domination or whatever your plans are. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you, connect with your community and share about our journey. Thank you.
So if you want to get a real insight to what it's like working with me, you might be interested to do my online course, which is called 10 Steps to Intuitive Eating. It's usually £99, but currently has 50% off with the code FREEDOMISPOSSIBLE, all one word. So you'll be walked through step-by-step through the 10 principles of intuitive eating with 25 videos, 29 comprehensive lectures. It's online, it's self-paced, so you complete it around your daily life. And email support is available for me throughout the course if you've got any questions or reflections or things that you want to share. So this is not just intuitive eating. This really pulls in a lot of things that I use in the therapy room. So a lot more about understanding your story, working on your ambivalence around change, helping you get motivated so you can start to put things into action, thinking about rejecting diet culture, tuning into your hunger and fullness, mindful eating, finding pleasure in eating and peace with those old forbidden foods, improving your body image, working on self-esteem, understanding your emotional world, challenging negative thoughts and preventing relapse and more. So the course is for anyone who's weary of dieting and truly wants to learn the principles of intuitive eating, combining that with therapy and knowing what it's like to work alongside me. So if you're interested, do go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk and use the code FREEDOMISPOSSIBLE to get 50% off the course. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today. Do go and check out all of Katie's details in the show notes. And if you're not following me already, do seek me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. I'm really trying to put more effort into my Instagram again after my account got hacked last year. I'm really trying to rebuild my new account, share lots of things on stories, create some more posts, do a bit more personal content as well. So hopefully you'll really enjoy that and find it inspiring and to help you on your own journey. Thank you so much as well to everyone who's listening and to everyone who has rated and reviewed this podcast. I appreciate it massively. It does help the podcast reach so many more listeners. And I'm so grateful to have listeners from all over the world. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.